This is the What Now Podcast. What I really learned is that you have to be the one to decide for yourself if the church is right for you and if it's the life that you want to live. And I also had to learn that simple phrase that no one in the church is perfect. And once I realized that we are all just continually building our testimony, because that's another thing that helped me to go back to church is realizing that not everyone there has a super strong testimony. And we are all just there trying to get stronger and just trying to build that community in our own testimonies. This is the What Now podcast, where we discuss sensitive topics surrounding cultural norms in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in an effort to create more understanding, hope, and healing for our church community. I am Mary Alice Hatch, your host. I invite you to follow us on Instagram at podcastwhatnow. I invite you to subscribe to the podcast and leave a positive rating and written review. It really helps the podcast to grow. Join me as I speak with 29-year-old Megan Bailey, who shares how she drifted away from the church and why she chose to come back. She shares suggestions for those who have left their faith and are trying to figure out how to come back on their own terms. Megan also shares the challenges and fears she felt as she started coming back to church and how she overcame her insecurities. Her story is inspiring. Today, I'll be interviewing Megan Bailey, who is 29 years old, about how she came back to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints after stepping away for several years. So welcome, Megan. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. (laughs) I'm so glad you're on the podcast with us today. So let's start by having you tell us just a little bit about yourself so listeners can get to know you better. Okay. So I grew up in the church. I have a completely faithful LDS family, born and raised. I was baptized when I was eight and we did scripture study every night, family home evening on Mondays and just looked picture perfect family. My brothers all served missions. I attended seminary. I even started school at BYU-Idaho, but all growing Probably once I hit junior high, I started to feel like I was forced to go to church. Not really forced, but we were expected to. All of my siblings always went. You were encouraged to not stay home unless you were sick. Like as soon as I got to BYU-Idaho and I was on my own, that's actually when I stopped going to church because I just finally had this freedom that I felt like I could choose it. And then I got married. My husband and I got married and we continued to just live our lives, not go to church. We moved down to Southern California. So my husband get his PhD at UCI. From there, we it was about four years. And then I finally started going back to church again. <laughs> so that's interesting because there's a lot of kids that are in that situation where there is a big expectation for them to go to church and it's part of their family culture. And they're really expected to go. And when they leave home and they have that freedom, they choose not to go a lot of times. So that's a pretty common cycle. Yeah. And growing up in Utah, I was just surrounded by Mormons. All of my friends went to church, were members. We all attended seminary together. So it was just kind of the thing. I didn't feel like I could choose to not go. And so like, what's kind of the rebellious stage, once you finally get that little bit of freedom, I felt like I had to run with it. And then it just turned into a habit. Once I didn't go one week, it got easier to continue to not go. And then after 
a year, then it just felt weird to go. I was scared to go back because it had been so long. And I think that happens to a lot of people. The longer you go without attending church, the scarier it becomes because you think people are going to know, even if it's a brand new church, somehow they're going to know, or you're going to have to tell them why. I don't know. It's intimidating. Yeah, that would be intimidating. I mean, I see how people can drift from the church a bit when they start forming these habits that aren't based around religion, aren't focused on religion, and then you just create a new habit of kind of doing your own thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we did. Sundays down living in Southern California, I would continue to not go to the store or go out to eat or things like that. But we would just go hang out at the beach and I still would do after I started going back to church because that's not a bad thing, but I would just kind of spend my days at home not doing anything. Yeah. I mean, many times what leads young adults away from the church is complacency. It's not always that they have a major issue with anything specific. One of the largest age groups to leave organized religion right now is 18 to 30. And why do you think that is? I mean, that's a big age group and that's your age group. Yeah. And that's how it was for me. That's a good way to put it. Complacency is I didn't have a major issue with the church when I left. It was more that I felt like I didn't have a choice really growing up to not go. So by the time I had that choice, I just thought, you know what, I'm going to try not going. And then I just got used to it. And then like, as years went on, I started to come up with issues that I had that bothered me. And that just kept me from going back, then coming back to the church was what got me to work through those issues. And I was really blessed when I went back to be in the ward that I was in, the Newport Beach ward in Newport Beach. We The church was right across from the temple. And that ward was just amazing. It's the University Park Ward. And we had a gospel doctrine class that somebody started there that was, I think it must have been like a trial run in my ward, but we would discuss other Sunday that we had this class, we would discuss issues that someone might have had in the church, but it was always completely productive conversation. It really helped me because it helped me to be with other people who were struggling with this issue. But then there were others who were strong and had knowledge with those issues that we could all work through it together. And you don't know what to expect really with those kind of classes. You kind of expect like maybe it'll become negative and it's just going to be all of us bashing the church on this issue. But we all would sit down and just work through it and have a better understanding. We would talk about our LGBTQ brothers and sisters and how we can be more loving and open and accepting. And we would talk about how the Black community was didn't get the priesthood for a long time. And it was just really great, productive conversations. And having that class also helped me to see that there are a lot of people in the church that have these same issues and that want to work through them together and want to provide a place for everybody in the church. So that really helped me. And I hope that others can either bring that to their ward or find that in their ward or community. Yeah, that's really great. I haven't heard about a class like that where they openly discuss those issues. And I think it's really good to have that blend where you have strong members in there who can help these other kids who are trying to figure it out so it doesn't become some bashing session where they can really learn and be educated about these issues in a more productive way. Absolutely. I mean, there's quite a few families in our ward that have 
their own children have come out. And so it was great to have those parents in this class who were helping us to see how they came to form their own views from the church and love and accept their children and help their children to feel and know that they are still accepted and still loved and they want them to come. So it was great to have them in this class to help all of us see how we can help them too. I want to circle back a little bit to when you were talking about leaving home and having that freedom. What suggestions do you have for these young adults who leave home to help them balance their new freedom with experiences away from home with their faithful upbringing instead of just like throwing it all away? Right. I mean, I guess what really helped for me was prayer because I wasn't strong at reading the scriptures. I think reading the scriptures, of course, will help. But just praying and what really was it for me, what got me to come back is the community. I miss the community. Devin and I, my husband and I moved away from home because we were both from Utah and we moved down to California. And after so many years of living there and not really forming a community with the people around us, because everyone that we lived by was graduate student who was just so focused on getting their PhD, I really started to miss having a community. So my advice would be to just continue praying and to recognize what's important to you, what community you want. Or I guess another thing that did it for me was Devin and I used to talk about how we wanted to raise our kids. And we always said, we want to raise them in the church, even though we weren't going to church. (laughs) We always would say, (laughs) well, I know we want to raise our kids in the church, even though we weren't going. And my dad actually sent me a talk and I should find the name of it, but I'll find the name of it. But it was a general conference talk given a while ago. And I think it actually, it's called Why Not Now? And it's all about that. Like, why put off something? Why put off blessings that you could have now? Why say, I'm going to do this in the future and not do it now? And why would I do it in the future if I'm not doing it now? And that really stuck with me because I thought, you know what? I keep saying, once I have kids, then I'll go back to church and I'll raise them in the church. But if I'm not going now, why would I all of a sudden start going to church when I have kids? By then, I'll really have that routine down. Well, I think that's what a lot of people do, right? Put it on the back burner and they've got the foundation. I think they kind of know they want that for their family. They just don't want it at that point in their time. But the danger of that is the longer you stay away, the harder it can be to come back at some point. It's interesting you said that you miss the community because. It is so nice. Like when I moved to San Clemente, I really didn't know anyone. And knowing that I had the church gave me instant friendships. It gave me a community. Absolutely. I know. And I recognize in so many people that would come to UCI for their graduate degrees also needed that community. And it did make me recognize how grateful I am that there is a set place that I know I could go to if I wanted that community again. Yeah. And how does it make you feel to come back? Like, how did you feel when you first came back? A little scary? Were you in, I mean, that can be a little nerve wracking if you've been gone for a while. Oh, yes. I was super nervous, super insecure about it. (laughs) (laughs) I put it all, like I kept saying, I'm going to go back and I put it off. Once I decided I was going to start going back to church again, I had put it off again for like a few weeks. And then it was right before we were going to come back home to Utah for our Christmas break. And I just said to myself, I need to just go at least once 
before the new year, before we go to Utah for Christmas break. And I need to stay for the full three hours. This is back when we were three hours. This thought must have just popped into my head before I had gone to church that day when I finally decided I was going to go. So it was mid-December and I just had this thought pop into my head. I was really nervous to go because I didn't know anybody. One kind of nice thing about that was that I wasn't worried about running into people and explaining myself. But then again, it's like, I don't know anybody. I'm going by myself and I don't know who, like maybe I'll be alone. I'll feel lonely. And then a thought came into my head that if you are waiting for friends, there are others who are waiting for that same thing, that I'm not the only one going there and just wanting someone to come and sit by me. Everyone wants friendships. Everybody wants someone to reach out to them. And so I just thought to myself, so I used to get into my head of everyone's already going to have friends. No one's going to come and talk to me. I'll be the outcast. Just look for someone like you that looks like maybe that's sitting alone. Because I want someone to reach out to me and sit next to me, but you reach out to somebody. And so I did in Sacrament when I went, I sat by this woman who was sitting alone and this older woman, her name is Eve. And I, we just chatted for the longest time after Sacrament about, she's a painter and sank down in Southern California. And it was just the greatest. And then I went to Relief Society and this young mom came and sat by me and just asked me a bunch of questions. And it turned out her husband lived close to where I grew up. And there were just blessings completely along the way that Heavenly Father was throwing at me. So I feel lucky for that. And I just would want to say, I'm sure that's not going to happen for everybody. So don't get discouraged and you be that person to look for someone. Like make that your goal when you go to church. There will probably be someone sitting alone, even if it's a mom with a kid, just sit by them. Yeah, you were proactive. It's easy to just sit there and wait for everyone to cater to you. But at some point you have to be proactive yourself and and have that mindset like it's intimidating for other people too. So I like that you did that. And for members listening, active members, to be on the lookout for the people who sit alone and be mindful of that. That outreach can mean everything. I mean, that can be the difference between them staying that one Sunday or never coming back. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that those women that I was able to talk to are what made me instantly excited to come back to church. And the next Sunday that I went, I didn't even talk to those same women. It was different girls that I talked to. A different girl sat by me and talked to me. And it was just an amazing experience. And again, like I feel lucky to have that because I'm sure that not everyone's going to get that. But if you try to make that your goal, go out of your comfort zone no one's going to turn you down. (laughs) You know, that's what I realized too. You could talk to anybody at church and I'm sure they're not going to ignore you. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And that's a good mindset. That's a good way to think about it. When people get intimidated, like, well, what if no one talks to me? Or what if I say something and they don't want to talk to me? No one's going to do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what kept you going back then? So you had a good experience and just knowing you had some connections there, it gave you the confidence to keep going back. Yeah, that's really what kept me going back. I mean, a big part of why I did have a big reasoning for going back to church is I was going through a big struggle. Devin and I were experiencing infertility. We were trying to have a baby. At that point, it was about a year. So that is a big part of what got me going back to church. I was praying a bunch to Heavenly Father, and then it finally felt like I need to go to church. I can't just pray for this. And Heavenly Father is going to bless me with it. I need to be the one to put in an effort. 
I can't just expect Heavenly Father to give me this major blessing and I'm just sitting here waiting for it. I need to put the work in. So I was given blessing by my dad that promised me that's what would happen. And so that's another part of why I started going to church. So I had a lot of reasons why I was going back, but getting those friendships right off the bat kept me going. And when I started going back to church after getting that blessing, I kind of had in my mind, it's going to happen right away. Like I'm going to go once or twice and I'll be able to get pregnant. And that didn't happen, of course, but having the experiences I had when I was going to church or what kept me going back, I all of a sudden had this community. I got a calling as an activity day leader. I was making friends with, I felt home again. I felt good about myself again. And it was another about a year and a half until I was able to become pregnant. And of course, in that time I was struggling and I did have thoughts, of course, of like, I'm doing what you want me to do. When are you going to give me this blessing? And Heavenly Father, it's all in his timing. And I did have to wait longer. But in that time, I was able to grow stronger in the church. And, you know, it may have been that Heavenly Father needed me to be stronger so that I would be sure to take my kids to church so that I would get that routine back so I wouldn't get pregnant and have my kids and just lose it all and remember what it was like to not go and just stop going because I was lazy or something. But now that I've got that routine back, I don't want to miss another Sunday. And it's almost like you reconverted yourself. Yeah, I do feel that way. For me, it was all my choice. And I think that's what I needed. And I think that is what a lot of people in my generation and age group need is they need, they want that freedom. They want to make decisions on their own. And this was just 100% my choice. I experienced not going to church and I knew what it was like. And I knew that I wanted it back. I knew that I felt different when I was going to church. I knew that there was a different spirit in my home and I wanted that back. And I do feel brighter and lighter and I just do feel a lot better. I haven't even gone through the temple yet. And I was nervous to do this podcast right now because I thought I am not fully back yet because I haven't gone through the temple yet. But then it just hit me like I do need to be talking about this because I'm still working on it. And that was another thing that had been intimidating for me in the past was I always thought, okay, like I'll wait to go back to church until I know I'm going to 100% be fully in it and just go, go, go and get to the temple and do it all right away. And it hasn't been the journey for me, but I'm still working towards it. And I think that could be good for other people to see that it's don't even go with the mindset of like a big goal of going to the temple someday, just start going again. And then you can slowly get to that. It's a process. It's not like a one time thing. Like you come in and okay, I'm back. And now I'm going to go to the temple and You don't have to, like, you can take it in steps. I think it's probably better when people take it in steps instead of, like, jumping all right back in at once. You have to build up your testimony. You have to kind of build up your conversion and build up your commitment. Because when you go to the temple, that's a big commitment. Yeah, that's a huge commitment. And I had that mindset of, like, I'm back. I'm going to go to the temple in, like, three months. (laughs) And it just hasn't been my story, but it's on the way and it is a process and I feel like when I do get to the temple I will be fully prepared for it 
and it'll be 100% my choice for me and for my family. And that's what I needed. And I think a lot of people that I know also need that. Yeah. And that's the thing. It has to be on your own terms. You have to want it. You have to want it because it is a big commitment when you come into the church and callings and there are obligations there. And if you really want to be committed and you really want to be involved, you have to be ready to take those steps. You can't rush that. No, exactly. And I think it's better to take your time and know for yourself that that's what you want instead of jumping into it for other reasons or other people, for your parents, for I think that when it comes from you, from your heart, what you want to do for you, then that's when that's it. That's when it's right. That's when you know you want it and you're going to stay in it. And it's true. Some of the people I know that have wandered off and come back, when they come back, they're really committed. Yeah. They're some of our best members. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've noticed that too. And I've noticed a lot of people that I grew up with. Like I said, I was surrounded by members. All my friends were members and almost all of them have left the church. And they were ones that got married in the temple right out of high school or where I thought that they just had it all together. And I was so behind. Now our roles have reversed and they've left the church and now I'm coming back. It's kind of interesting because we've moved back to Utah and where I thought that I would have all of these strong member friends, like I'm seeing them go through, I went through years ago. And why do you think that is? I mean, they're getting married in the temple. Is it just because they weren't totally grounded and invested in it? It was just more like a checkbox thing. Like they kind of write off the testimonies of their family or their peers, and that's what's expected of them. And they just kind of do it, but they never really had ownership over it. No, I think that could be a big part of it. And I would say of maybe just things that are going on in the world right now. And that can circle back to exactly what you said, that they maybe just that's what you did. That's what your family expected of you. And you did want that. And, you know, I'm sure they wanted that years ago when they did it. But now it's maybe they're thinking I was young or I, I mean, I'm not really sure, but I'm sure a big part of it could be just the world, or maybe they think they were missing out on something, but I can tell you, you're not missing out on anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it takes a lot of effort to stay active. Even if you're like, just you're back on the program, you have to maintain. Oh, absolutely. And that's what I noticed when I started going back to church. It wasn't just I can just go to church on Sunday and I'm good. Nope. They, you, I got a calling and then I was feeling a little overwhelmed with that. But then I thought, no, this is got to put that work in and got to keep praying. And I finally read the Book of Mormon and I did a temple prep class. Like you've got to put the work in, but it's all to bring you joy. And it is all joyous. It is work. And I think that is another thing that I didn't want to do for so many years. And now that I've recognized that it's not just going to come to me, I need to work for it. I want to, and I enjoy it. Yeah, you're seeing probably the fruits of your labor, so to speak, you know, when you start coming back and it starts feeling like home to you, like you said, it felt so comfortable and familiar and the spirits with you and that feels good. And then that kind of light of Christ lightens up inside you a little bit more. It feels good. It feels safe and comfortable. And those feelings come back when you're doing those things. Like anything good, you want more of what's good. 
So Megan, what lessons did you learn when you stepped away from the church for a time? And how are you even stronger now? Like, what have you learned? What I really learned is that you have to be the one to decide for yourself if the church is right for you and if it's the life that you want to live. And I also had to learn that simple phrase that no one in the church is perfect. And once I realized that we are all just continually building our testimony, because that's another thing that helped me to go back to church is realizing that not everyone there has a super strong testimony. And we are all just there trying to get stronger and just trying to build that community in our own testimonies. And I learned from not going to church that I wasn't happier, that I always felt like, what am I doing with my life? And I want those morals in my life. I want those morals in my kids' lives. I want to feel good every Sunday after I leave this place where I was just filled with so much positivity and love and light. And I feel like I'm even stronger now because of that, because I got to see my life on the opposite spectrum. And I wouldn't recommend that for everyone, of course. I wouldn't say stop going to church so you know what it's like. But for myself, I think that's maybe what I had to do. And now I see that I don't want that life. I wasn't happier. And I am so much happier now when I am serving my community and I'm serving the Lord and trying to be better. That is beautifully said. Thank you so much for being just so open and so real about your experience. It's going to help a lot of people. Thank you, Megan. Thank you so much, Mary Alice. Thank you for listening to the What Now podcast. We invite you to leave a positive rating and written review, which really helps our podcast to grow. All you have to do is subscribe to the What Now podcast and scroll down the episodes and you'll see where you can leave a positive rating and written review. We also invite you to create positive change by sharing this episode with family, friends, and anyone you think it might help. Just click on that share button wherever you listen to podcasts. I invite you to follow us on Instagram at podcastwhatnow. That's at podcastwhatnow for daily inspirational messages. We never say goodbye. We say what now. This has been a What Now podcast production.